All right. Welcome to the Dylan Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Sessler, and my co-host is Kyle Zahn. How are you guys doing? We are here to help change the way the world looks at mental health, self-development, overcoming adversity. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is episode eight. 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 And we have an incredible guest lineup for you. Um, if you're if you're watching on YouTube, you, YouTube, you can always see her. Um, but my next guest spent most of her life overweight, unhappy, depressed, broken, completely lost. She used to see her biggest roadblock as weighing 311 pounds. She struggled with her identity, her purpose in life. Her biggest limiting belief was, I will do this when I lose weight. Sound familiar to anybody? You know, I'm sure anyone can relate to that. Her weight was simply the facade for her perceived struggles. Her, her journey brought her to the idea of allowance. And I want to talk about that. My guest has since become a successful life coach that specializes in spiritual fitness, wellness, mindfulness, self-awareness, wholesomeness, oneness with yourself, allowances. And she has created an absolutely beautiful space, carefully designed to awaken the beauty. And I think this is my favorite part about this whole thing, the beast from within. Um, whether you are seeking to change your body, eating habits, mindset, career, healing from past traumas, or rekindle your connection with your inner child, it all starts in the same place, the mind. And my next, my next guest will help you shift your perspective in a direction that can actually create change within you. And one of her favorite quotes, we've talked about this before, the weight of, the weight of your mind is heavier than the weight of your body. And I love that. My guest today is Hannah Kahn. Hannah, how are you? I am doing fantastic. That was beautifully said. So thank you. How's everyone else? Lovely. Just, just living the dream here. Yeah, it's been a great day. It's been a great life so far. So I appreciate you being here. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to be asked to be a part of this. So thank you for even asking. So yeah. Absolutely. And, and this isn't the first time, you know, not everybody knows you from back then because I've grown a bit since the last time we talked. But yes. me and Hannah go way back to last year. I mean, probably around September, we had an Instagram TV where um, we just talked about everything. I like we just went everywhere with that. Mm -hmm. But some people might not know who you are on on this podcast. So please do me a favor. Give me and them a little bit about yourself. Tell, tell them who are you? Who is Henna? You know, it's a, it's a good question you're asking. I think it's something that I'm still always discovering and figuring out who the heck I am. Um, the best part of that is how I've learned to allow myself to constantly change it or add to it, basically, because every day is not going to be the same. You know, every experience is not going to be the same. And I'm constantly downloading information all around me. And according to whatever I'm connected to, that's the information I'm going to upload in that given moment. And I'm OK with changing it as well. Um, so you pretty much said most of, you know, who I am, uh, when you were doing the intro, but, um, yeah, I'm a life coach. I specialize in working with individuals who, who come to me for one purpose, right? They'll, so they'll see my TikTok, they'll see, um, you know, my Instagram, they'll go to my website, they'll see my transformation. I've lost 130 pounds, a lot of weight. So a lot of people will be extremely connected to that. They'll hit me up, they'll message me, they'll fill out my forms. And the first question that they, or the first question I will ask them is, you know, why are you here? And they will tell me, I want to lose weight. I want to do what you do. 
And probably 99% of the time, that is exactly why they're there. What ends up happening is completely on the other side. My goal is to be able to teach people to love themselves, to accept themselves and to become aware, right? So being whole, being one with yourself, those are things that are so, so important. It's what I did for me in order to achieve the things that I want to achieve. Just like you said in the intro, I will do this or that when I lose weight. And that was an extremely, extremely negative limitation that I lived most of my life in. And so I just want to teach people how to live life, you know, and, and how to love themselves. First of all, loving and accepting yourself is super important. Um, let's see, I went to school and I graduated in exercise and wellness. Um, I have a degree in uh, exercise physiology as well. So I love the fitness world. I love the nutritional world. But I also am extremely passionate in just listening and being and understanding and guiding. I cannot tell people to, you know, live their life in a certain way. I don't have that right to. But what I can do is create a space for people to just be heard and for people to create their own knowledge, their own reasons why they are the way they are or how they want to redesign it, right? I really believe that you know, growing up or when we're first born and we're around our parents or family or an environment, we're given these pre-designed templates. This is how you should live life. And the reason why you should do it this way is because I did it this way and here are my uh, experiences. So I already know that. So I don't want you to have to suffer through it or have to figure it out on your own. You should just do it this way. So we live our life in this constant, you know, pre-existing template that's just constantly telling us, do this, do that, do this, do that. And then all of a sudden we're in our, an adult and we're like, wait, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I am. What's my passion? What's my purpose? What's the point? And so my goal is to be able to show people that you can, you know, break down all of those walls that are around you in that little square template that has been given to you and and unbecome everything unlearn everything as much as you can and then create that room and space to choose whatever the heck you want to so kyle do you do you see why yeah absolutely. why she's here right yep. like this is exciting <laughs> like <laughs> like this is like hannah like obviously we've talked before but this is kyle's first experience mm -hmm. and i think you know this is the best part about having Kyle here is that he, he knows me, he knows me really well. Like we, we spent quite a long time together, like one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, in, over the past nine, 10, 11 months or so. Pretty damn um, close. Yep. And now he, he sees you and I want, I want Kyle to speak on this. What do you see Kyle between the two of us that is remarkably similar? Just the overall idea of how you operate, it's its insane how mm. you both are so enthusiastic and uh, passionate about just life in general. Yeah. I mean, I mean, wow. Hannah, you know, you know me, right? Like, it's, it's pretty apparent how, like, how our beliefs and our values about helping people just co-align so yep. so well you know like the the ability for like there's no there's there's no doubt in my mind how well you probably connect with people and it's because one you actually understand the idea of space 
and you actually un- understand the idea of what you can actually do versus what you can't do, right? Mm-hmm. You can't tell people what to do. You can't tell people how to do it. You can show them your version of it. You can show them that it's it's a possibility for them, but you can't do it for them. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, you can't tell them to do it because then they don't understand the the impetus to actually do something for themselves. Mm-hmm. And and again, that's exactly that's why you're here. And and that's why like I, I love having you here. Um, there's just so much for us to talk about. And I, I love that Kyle's yeah. here because he can see, you know, the the dynamic. The, the dynamic between, you know, how we both think. Um, and Kyle, honestly, I'd be I would like to hear by the end of this podcast if you think we disagree on anything. Okay. That'd be yeah. interesting. Yes. That would be that would be an interesting thought. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, one thing is is that disagreeing about anything is totally fine, right? Because That's we're awesome. we're all so individualized. Right. And I love disagreeing with people just because I get to ask questions and I'll understand how this person is going to process. Now, I don't have to make that my belief system. I know I can appreciate the way others see things or process things. And guess what? I'm going to learn a crap ton of information when I disagree with someone. Right. Because I don't know everything. I love disagreeing with people that love having discussions. That's yes. just yes. a personal thing yes. for me, right? <laughs> that, yeah, I, I would have second that for sure. <laughs> and it all comes down to like the cookie cutter idea of like knowledge coming up as a kid sometimes where uh, everybody is taught the same way, but maybe that's not exactly how you tick or operate, you know? And then we have people like us that are out there like, you can change your story. You can change your narrative here. Let's let's help you find who you really are. Facts. 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 Mic drop right there. (laughs) I do want to say congratulations on all of your success, Dylan. I don't know you, Kyle, as much, so I would love to learn more about, you know, you know who you are and where you've started from for sure. But Dylan, I so here's what happened. So months ago, probably earlier this year or end of last year. So I know we spoke probably in September. Great conversation. I think I've rewatched that interview like a billion times just because just it just it reminds me of who I am sometimes because I forget, you know, we all struggle. We all go through things in life and then we start getting stuck in these old ways of thinking or behaviors. Right. Right. And so I always watch that. And I I love hearing you speak, Dylan. Like it's it's just one of those things where, again, maybe because we are very similar in certain ways or we think very similarly that hearing you speak is just like, oh, yes, that's like right there. Connection. Right. (laughs) So. I love listening to that that little recording. I think it was like for what 45 minutes and we yeah. totally ended it at a place where it shouldn't have ended, right? right. We were just like, we could have probably talked for hours. <laughs> um, but I remember you said something so significant and it just it rocked my world as far as like who you are as a person. But you said, you know, you live these two lives where one working for um, the government and and serving the country, which thank you for that sacrifice. Um, but you you do that and, and you're, you're tasked to um, protect us and by protecting, you know, our 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 states right you you might may have to take a life right that's the that's the responsibility that's given to you that I know you have not taken lightly and it's something that we talked about at that during that talk Mm -hmm. um but then the other aspect of who you are is giving life right and I just remember thinking like oh my god like I cannot imagine the not burden but the the 
maybe the pain or the the heaviness of having those two roles in life, which again, makes you so successful today because you're able to be aware of that. And you're able to connect with any person on this planet because of your understanding of life. And, you know, and there's a lot of other reasons why you're so amazing, but I remember, so I was, I was scrolling on TikTok, right? And this was a couple of months ago and your video popped up and I'm like, oh my God, that's Dylan. Like, okay, let me see what you're talking about. And I was just like, oh, it's a great one. And I noticed like where your little face is, there was, there was a plus sign. And I was like, I'm not following Dylan on TikTok. What the heck? Like, when did I unfollow him? Like, that's terrible. So I go into it and I follow it and I'm like, hold on he has like a gajillion followers a gajillion likes and I was so confused so I go back into my followers and it looks like you had a new profile that you made and I must have just not noticed that you made a new profile and I remember just goosebumps I was just like look at this fool like I knew it like he is meant for so many things so many great things already at that time and then in the future so I can only imagine imagine the 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 shift that you have created for other people and i want to thank you because i cannot tell you how many times i come across your videos on my for you page randomly and you're just saying something that i need to hear for my own personal growth and i'm just like ah dang it like i need to message this guy and tell him like oh thank you for this like i want to hire you as a coach sometimes you know like it's just it's phenomenal so thank you for that but i had to mention that well i didn't know you were coming on to be my hype man, Hannah. Like, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a tissue? Always, man? always. I, I yeah. mean, it, it's for me. It's 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 always been hard to to really take all of that, right? Like it it for for most of my life, and I, I I'm sure Hannah, you can attest to to this kind of feeling, and Kyle, you absolutely mm-hmm. as well. Um, being that person in in the spotlight is, is very difficult, right? Like, it, I mean, it's so remarkably difficult being that person that, that steps out of their comfort zone and expresses themselves and shows, I mean, I show some very like deeply emotional stuff, you know, and, and it's certainly not easy. And, um, I'm an introvert. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if my followers, right. I know, I know the close followers, you know, know that, but I'm an introvert. I love being alone. I like, I, if I can go out into a woods and, and just spend my life there, I'd probably do it. If, if it was, if it was in my cards, I'd probably do it. But I also see the value of connecting to others. And I always, you know, I, I, I realized the, the potential that I had, I don't know when that was, I think it was a young age, but I just didn't recognize it. I didn't feel like it was real. Um, but I always recognized that I could connect with people, whether that was because of trauma or because of all the things that I've been through. I don't think it really matters. What matters is that I knew it right at at some point I knew it, I recognized it. And so much as I'm an introvert, I recognized how valuable my insight was for people because of the things that we already talked about. The, the fact that it's space, right? I, I focus on space. I focus on creating that you know, that interaction and, and I focus on respect. I focus on honor. I focus on, you know, empathy and these, and these values that people really don't understand these days. And all of that was very different in uh, what January of 2020, when I started being like, you know what, 
I'm going to start a business and I'm going to get on TikTok and I'm going to get on Instagram. I'm going to get on YouTube. I'm going to get on Facebook and I'm going to start expressing myself because that's what I know is the, is the thing that people need the most. And lo and behold, here I am talking to two incredible people and obviously my followers as well with, with almost like, I mean, it's almost a half a million people following me, watching me, paying attention to me, millions of likes. And it's just like, had I, you know, had someone told me three, four or five years ago, you know, after I went through my, my struggles and said, Hey, Dylan, you're going to be an influencer. I'd be like, the fuck I am, you know, like, <laughs> like no, <laughs> I mean, it just, it just wouldn't have, it wouldn't have registered in my mind that I was going to do what I'm doing now. And it, it just, it's a testament to the ability for people to change. Uh, I think, like, I think, I think I'm that, I, I always want to lead by example. And I think I am a testament to the, the fact that just because you're an introvert doesn't mean you can't help people. Just because you're an introvert doesn't mean you can't, you know, step out onto a platform or step out onto a stage and show people what it means to be human. Um, just because you you lost your father to suicide doesn't mean you can't overcome it all and, and find happiness and find joy. Because I found that, you know, just because you went through trauma doesn't mean you can't step out into a, a world that you can enjoy and you can love. Um, and just because you've hated yourself for, you know, 25 years doesn't mean you can't change that and find self-love and find self-empathy and, and create a, a self-image that's worthy of the person that you've always been. Um, I, I have always, I have always focused on showing people how with myself and let, letting me be the canvas first and then, and then walking the walk and talking the talk, you know, that's me. And it's, it's been remarkably hard to take, you know, one, I mean, it's been hard to take criticism, but at the same time, I mm. think it's even harder to take compliments sometimes because mm. I don't want them, nor do I need them. You know, I, I'm, I'm so emotionally, validated within myself because of everything that I've been through that like I don't really need the compliments nor do I need the criticism because I'm my number one critic but I'm also my number one you know uh supporter I'm, I'm my number one cheerleader and I'm able to say is that the right thing is that the thing you want to say and also say you're damn right it is that's what I need to say you know, on the, on the same hand. And sometimes I get it wrong. Absolutely. But yeah. clearly I, I'm, I'm doing things right when, and people are recognizing it. And, and I, I value everything that you said, Hannah, I, I, I truly do. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's so one thing you said, I need to do that. It's, you don't need to do anything right. That you don't believe in, or you're connected with need is just a terrible word that we use a lot, but <laughs> You, you simply allow yourself to just be you and be vulnerable. The reason why you're connecting with so many people is because of how willing you are to show your vulnerabilities and talk about this hard stuff. Now, by doing that, you are opening yourself up to potentially, you know, struggling or, you know, getting the criticism or then having to kind of go back and forth and figure out what, you know, is for you and what's not for you. 
Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm right there with you. I've struggled with a lot of this. I've struggled with even knowing like, you know, who I am as far as a life coach. Someone asked me recently, um, you know, so, okay, you're a life coach, but like, what do you do? Do you just work with people who need to lose weight? And I mean, a lot of them, yeah, they do, but it's, I I didn't know how to properly answer them at all. And so I've been thinking about it and I realized that I was overworked, overdrived. I was putting so much pressure because now I started comparing myself to other influencers and I need to do this. I should be doing this. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Not realizing that deep down subconsciously, like really deep down, I was still having that same narrative, even though on the surface and what has been on the higher level of my subconscious, I've been able to knock those those thoughts out for other aspects. But now that I am like an influencer, which I always feel very weird saying, because <laughs> again, I'm just, I am like just the dorky kid, you know, next door neighbor type of person. And I'm all over the place and I love it. And I'm loud and I'm obnoxious and I'm always laughing. So for me to say that I'm like an influencer who is very just, you know, has all everything picked out I, I I don't you know so I've had to like work on even writing like you know a little blurb about who I am for for you guys to kind of read through like that was hard for me I had to rewrite that thing a couple of times because I didn't know you know what do I how do I shorten this because it's not just one thing but it's not all things but in reality it's just me so definitely understand that you know you said you said allowances. And and I kind of like, that was a question that I, I wanted to get into because it's not something that I've really focused on, especially in my content. You know, I, I talk about allowing yourself to, to be who you are, but you've made it even deeper, right? Like you've, you've, you've got more knowledge on this than, than I really, you know, have that I, that I really focus on. So I want to talk to you about allowances because you, you brought it up and, and it's reminding me. So tell me, because, and, and let me kind of frame this for, for myself, um, becoming who I am now required me to allow myself to be who I am now. And that's extremely difficult. You obviously are, are, have felt the same way and are feeling the same way. Um, Tell me what you see every single day with allowances. Tell me, you know, first give people an understanding what really is allowance. What does allowances mean? And what do you see in in your own practice, in your own life, in in your, you know, in your history? What do you see as allowances? And, And what are the things that really define creating good allowances? So couple of questions there, but all about allowance. So you might have to repeat some of the questions to direct me, but um, for allowance, what that means to me, it, let me think about this. So I struggled with feeling accepted. I struggled with being a normal person, right? Being like everyone else growing up. Um, I lost my dad also when I was I was very young. Uh, he passed away from a heart attack when I was almost nine years old. And I think that after that whole event, um, I, I really lost myself. I didn't know who I was other than the service of others, right? I had to step up because I'm the oldest daughter in my family. So I had to play the mom role, right? While my mom worked as the dad's role, right? By going back to school and then getting a career and then supporting us. 
So my life really took a turn in the direction of just serving and taking care of and what do my siblings need? What do I have to do for the house? What does my mom need? Being my mom's, you know, right hand and her good daughter and being responsible. And that's who I was for a very long time. Right. And as a kid, you don't really realize what it is that you're doing or why you're doing. You just know that this is the, the requirements to be a good daughter, or to be a good person at that time. And this is what you do. You listen to your parents, you listen to what you're supposed to do and take care of everyone. So I think that when I became a, an adult or a teenager, I remember in high school, I, you know, everybody's filling out these applications for college and they're like, I want to do this and I want to do this. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, what would I be good at? What should I go to school for? You know, am I even good at school? And I wasn't good at school. I struggled with education for a very long time. Um, but because that was my narrative, right? I was diagnosed with a slight dyslexia as a kid. So my whole life, I was always told, you know, it's okay. You know, you don't know how to spell this word or say this word because of the dyslexia or, you know, it's okay. You, your family has been through a lot. So you don't have to do this because it's okay. You, you're, you're getting this pass, right? So then I, I ingrained this narrative inside of me of that, oh, it's okay for me not to know or to have that drive or, you know, to figure it out for yourself, basically, because I was now reliant on either people saying, you're okay, you're good, I accept you, or then service of my family, basically. So when I was going back and forth and trying to figure out who I was, I, again, went through a lot of ups and downs, a lot of just really deep, dark thoughts and realizing that, my only goal in life at that time was to make everyone happy around me. So I valued who I was in accordance to what other people were telling me or, or showing me that this is my role in your life. So if you told me, Hannah, I need you, I would obviously drop everything that I was doing. Not that I was really doing anything, but I would drop it and I'd be there. To me, allowance. Allowance is accepting who you are in its entirety. And when you say that, you, 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 you know, if someone who's never done this before, you're going to be very, very confused and be like, you know, I, I don't know who I am or, okay, fine, I'll allow myself, but what does that even look like? So that's when I started learning about perception and learning about what, how I see myself in most of my life was all according to what I was assuming other people thought of me, right? So there's this famous quote by um, Charles Cooley. Um, and it's something that I will repeat to myself every day. I tell all my clients, I tell my friends, whoever is talking to me about this particular topic, I will bring it up because it's just, it's so phenomenal. And to me, I've kind of connected it to the word allowance, but I am not who I think I am. I am not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. Did you guys catch that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was living my life according to this false perception, this false reality. And so to feel confident in doing something or changing my mind or asking, hey, I need your help or hey, I don't know what I'm doing or hey, I didn't really like that you said that. I didn't know how to do that because I was in constant service of everyone around me because right. if someone didn't need me, oh my God, like I, who, then, then I'm nothing. I'm worthless. Right. And I don't want to feel worthless, but in, in actuality, when I wasn't serving anyone and I was alone in my room doing my own thing, I felt completely worthless. 
So when I started to discover that it is okay for me to be raw, it's okay for me to be aware, it is okay for me to just be, to unlearn, to unbecome, to put myself in uncomfortable situations and teach myself to become comfortable with it. And it may take me years to get comfortable with something and it doesn't matter because I allow myself to. I allow myself to make mistakes. I allow myself to have trial and error and I'm allow- and I allow other people to change my mind because I'm always evolving and growing. So um, I, I think that answers your question, but if there's another question you want to kind of ask me to steer me in the right direction. No, I, I love, I love all of that. I mean, that's, that's such a, it's such a profound transition when you, you know, when you start developing that within yourself, you know, I, I can't even, I can't even remember when that process really began for me because it, you know, from, from six years old on, it was, it was just a constant state of chaos for me. It was a constant state of transformation, you know, and it was obviously at six years old for me, just like you at nine, um, that transformation was the grief cycle. It was, it was trying to understand and, and come to terms with something that I, I couldn't understand. Right. And part of, part of my entire transition and my transformation was, come to terms with the fact that I could never know why my father committed suicide. I couldn't, right? There was no note. There was no understanding. There was no way, you know, and this is something that I really talk about in, in my book is that there's a cognitive space within everybody that we will never know, right? Hannah, you're thinking something right now that you will never say to me. Kyle's doing the same thing. There's a space in there that is so secure. It's, it's Fort Knox in every single person. And what that means is that we literally cannot know people. We cannot know everything that, that must be known to understand a human being. And we try so hard to justify this idea that we know people. I don't know my mom. I don't know my wife. I don't know my son. I don't know these people like I think I want to know them. I know what they tell me. I know what they show me. I know what they provide me for information. I don't know a thing about what they're thinking about unless they're willing to tell me. And that's, that's an allowance for me. That was, that was a deep allowance that I had to make within myself to say, Dylan, you don't know people, right? And here's, here's your proof, right? You, you literally looked at your dad and you said, don't leave because you knew he wasn't coming back, right? That's, that was my allowance. That was my final acceptance of, of what my, my dad chose was this, this allowance to understand, you know, as, as much as you think you knew about him, he didn't know anything that you don't understand. And you can't understand why a man would make that choice in front of his son, in front of his, his, his daughter, in front of his, his wife and walk away in that, in that way right? Regardless of where you've been, right? Like it, it had to be an allowance for me to understand. And it brought me here, right? The, the most beautiful thing that I've created within my life is this perspective to know that my hardest moment, my literal hardest moment in my life is the reason that I am sitting in front of you doing this podcast, that I'm sitting in front of 400 and I think 19,000 people on TikTok and making videos and making content. It's the reason I'm here. And it's, it's such a hard thing 
You know, I literally made a post about it today on Instagram. It is the hardest thing you will ever do. But when you step into a self-healing journey, a self-awareness journey, whatever you want to call it, this moment, it's going to be the hardest thing you ever do. And I'm sure you can attest to this. And I know you can attest to this, Kyle. It is the hardest thing you will ever do in your life, bar none. I, I don't think there's anything harder. But when you realize, when you get to that moment, right, there's, I think there's this moment and, and I feel like I do it every day sometimes is that there's this moment of recognition of why you went through all of it. You know, when you get to the end of it, it's, it's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be coming out with a, a video about healing and, and what does healing look like when you cut your arm and there's a scar there. If it's a small, if it's a small scar, it's going to go away. You know, you've healed, Right. What really, what healing really looks like is the ability to look at that scar and say, I'm okay now, right? Ooh. And when you look at the scars that are inside, it's the ability to look at those scars and say, they taught me something. They brought me here and I'm okay now. Mic drop, mic right? drop. Yes, exactly. No, I mean, that's, that's literally so allowance to me is exactly that yeah. is accepting the fact that you have to go through these struggles or these experiences, because every single experience, every moment, everything is so valuable, because there's lessons in everything. And we're not meant to win all the time. Life is not supposed to be easy. And I'm sure you guys both will attest to this that, you know, you weren't supposed to know all these things in the beginning. You were supposed to go through this pain or this struggle because it's brought you exactly what you said, Dylan, it's brought you right here. And so allowance to me is accepting the fact that you first recognize that there's a cut, right? And then you recognize that it's bleeding. And then you recognize that the cells are eventually going to come together and it's going to heal the wound. And then there's going to be a scar, but then, you know, you could use a cream or you could use something else to, you know, reduce it. So it's, it's the acceptance of all the steps in life, right. because if you cut yourself and, you know, it, you just sprinkle some magic pixie ducks, uh, dust on it, and it just suddenly just goes away. Life is going to become so boring and mundane that we're going to have no point in anything. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to win all the time. I don't want to know everything in every single moment. I am not meant to, I allow myself to feel accepted in those moments because when I do win or when I do achieve something or something happens because of the synchronicities or the connections, because I show gratitude, because I show allowance to myself or to the person that I'm dealing with that's when it's just it's magical I mean it is just this feeling that I don't think I'll ever get used to um but it's also kind of like living in so I call this henna's dumb moment right I'll tell my clients this I'll tell people this but it's it's meant for me it's my dumb moment when things start to connect or work out it's like well duh because I know it's gonna work <laughs> out because I live in this in this feeling of I know it's going to happen for me. I allow myself the time. I allow myself the healing. I allow myself to recognize all the different steps that it takes for a wound to heal. And sometimes it'll heal and be split right open because of whatever happens, whether it's in your control or not. I allow myself to go through it over and over and again. I allow myself to fail a bajillion, gajillion times until I have that moment of just and then we'll go from there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's, Can you guys my... hear me? Sorry. I think the, 
it's it's cutting out a little bit, but I don't think it's too bad. Um, the the audio is certainly, certainly okay. Okay. making it through. Here's my question for you. Okay. What do you tell people or what do you work with people on when they have never won? So a really good question. Okay. A lot of people think that they haven't wanted things. My job is to show them first what they've already won at. It's the perception, whatever reality they think they have, or whatever they believe in their core in that moment of why this is happening or why they feel the way they feel or why they're overweight. My first thing is to first go back in time and look at other moments in life because every single person on this planet, there's just no way you haven't won at something. And I'll give you a basic example. When you wake up after your first alarm or second alarm and you make it to work on time, guess what? You just won at something. When you brush your teeth, when you take a shower, when you, you know, eat something, whether it's unhealthy or healthy, or you see a random person walking and they drop something and you're like, oh, here you go. Like, you know, it could be as simple and mundane as that, but guess what? You're winning. So my job is to first show you that you already have everything you've ever wanted, right? Now it's about becoming aware of it. Can you sit in your car and drive and be aware of, okay, now your foot's on the gas. Now you have your right blinker on. Now you're looking in the rear view mirror. Are you grateful for that? Are you grateful that you have the vision to do that? Your, the muscles in your legs are able to stop on the brake or go on the gas or that you have a car to go into or, you know, there's always something. Once you help someone realize that they've already been winning, they just haven't been aware of it. That's when you start to create more space to work on other things. That's that. So my, my true transformation is not the weight loss, right? I haven't done all of this to look a certain way or feel a certain way. And obviously it's my health that has improved so much. That's probably the most important thing, but that's not my transformation. My true transformation through all of this that I'm still transforming in is my reaction time my awareness, my ability to see something and be like, okay, Hena, here, here are the two options. Here's this, here's this. What do we got to do? What do I have to learn? What do I have to unlearn? It doesn't matter. I'm able to react to a certain situation differently. I may go through another bout of feeling a certain way. I may be upset. I may be overthinking about something and I'll struggle with it. But deep down, I know that I will have that dumb moment, right? Hannah's dumb moment, or it's going to work out because I refuse to believe. I, I don't, not even refuse. I don't think I have the ability to believe that things are not going to work out. I just don't. Yeah. And it's, I think it comes down to values, you know, like the, the, and this is a, this is a pretty deep conversation that I've been formulating, right? Is this idea of values. You know, everybody looks at values and it's like, what are your core values? And, and you look at them and you're like, I'm, I'm empathetic. I'm, I've got integrity and learning. Those are my three core values, right? And, and I, think, I think we get lost in this idea that we're supposed to take those core values and just apply them. And, and it's like a shotgun pattern. It's like, okay, I've got to apply my, my integrity to everything. And I've got to apply my empathy to everything and my, my learning to everything. Okay. But what does that really mean to me? Right? Like, how do I do that? And here's where I think people make the mistake because 
and and this is what I think slows people down, right? Like because at this point in my life, I'm fast, right? I'm I'm so fast, right, Kyle? I mean, <laughs> like I make decisions like I mean, it's not even a thought sometimes. Like it's just fast. You know, there's there's certain things that slow me down because I don't know anything about. It. I don't have the context, I don't have the, you know, the background in it, so I have to learn, but when it comes to core fundamental decisions, it's so fast, right? And, and my expectations are so low. I mean, it's, it's simple for me, but that I think comes down to values and, and my understanding of values and where people make those mistakes is how they apply those values. When you take your value and you use it as your lens, right? One, some people don't have any values and that's the problem, but some people have the values and they're very tied to them like loyalty or empathy and they look through this lens and they're only looking at other people right they take empathy right empaths empaths are a great example of this and they'll they'll look at everyone else from the from the value of empathy and say i have to make decisions for other people based on this value of empathy but what they don't realize is that they're actually negating their ability to care for themselves, right? Because they're only looking at it from one direction. They're not looking at this filter with, you know, with themselves in mind. And the, the core value system should really be focused on looking at yourself first and then creating a picture of how everyone else functions within that picture of how you function within the picture of the value. And if you're not first, if you're not the priority, you lose and you slow down because you have to start, you're like, you're looking at other people and you're like, I want to do this for you, but I don't feel good. I want to do this for you, but I'm hurting. I'm struggling. And it slows you down because you're so focused on everyone else that the only thing that's stopping you is the feelings. It means your body's trying to tell you something and your mind is like, but we have to do values. We have to do values. We have to do values and you overpower your body. And, and these decisions are made within your body to say, hey, I'm in pain. I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to speak to you. I'm trying to express myself to you and you're not fucking listening. And, and I see it so much is that like, I mean, again, like with empathy, right? Empathy can be a huge problem, right? Like we can in so many different ways, right? I'm reading a book called Against Empathy, right? Like I'm learning something that counteracts my own value. And if you don't do that, you get comfortable, right? You get comfortable in this concept of my version of empathy or my version of this core value is perfect. But yet your body is telling you every single day, I'm hurting and you're doing nothing about it, but trying to push into the thing that's actually hurting me. When are you going to focus on me? When are you going to take care of me? How are you going to take care of me? And I mean, that's, that's where I'm kind of focusing right now on, on helping people and, and kind of developing new perspective is that if your value system is not focused on you first, right? It may feel selfish, but guess what? The people that are selfish don't usually come to me, right? It's, it's the people that are selfless that find me that are so focused on helping everybody else that they're hurting. And mm -hmm. you, like, 
self selfish people don't usually find me. It's just, I don't know, maybe someday I will find them, but, <laughs> but for right now, selfless people find me and, and what they, what they fail at is developing how they look at their values through themselves first. Like mm-hmm. you make yourself a filter and then look at the world through your filter and, and people fail at that, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I think it slows them down. It really negates their ability to make quick decisions. Does that make sense? So let me ask you this, uh, which I mean, beautifully said, and I agree to everything that you literally just talked about, but let me ask you this. When people realize that they're failing at something, what do you think goes on in their heads that cause them to not try again? Or why, why do people fear failure in your mind? Connection. I think it's connection, Mm -hmm. right? And, and why do you fear anything really? You know, like why, why do you fear, you know, getting up and getting on stage? Why do you fear sharks? Why do you fear spiders, right? Like it's, it's loss of connection or, uh, or yeah, I think it's really loss of connection because connection to what people, people like we are, we are such social beings, right? Like we fear, we fear sharks and we fear tigers and we fear all of those things because we can die. Mm-hmm. And then we and we don't have connection to people. We fear getting up on stage for fear of losing the respect and the dignity of what everybody thinks about us. And 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 I think it's so fundamental that the interactions that we have every single day, that the focus on interactions is not respect. It's not honor. It's not dignity. It's not the ability to, to look at each other and say, I disagree and I want to be tactful about it. I want to be professional about it. Rather, our society and our, our you know, lives have been dominated by the, you know, the aggression and the lack of connection, the lack of empathy, the, the lack of care and trust in how we interact with each other. You know, it's very easy for people to to fear nowadays, because if you do it wrong, if you do whatever it is that you're afraid to do wrong, you will be blasted on social media. You'll be blasted in whatever video that shows up or, or you'll be, you know, imagine being a politician right now. Like I, as much as I don't like politicians and politics, I would hate to be a politician right now. I feel, I feel bad for them because anything that you do, right. And this is, anyone, but let's be real. Politicians are going to take the heat the most. Anything that you do, people will hate you for. It doesn't matter. Like you can support, right? Like right now, I think, uh, you can support the verdict of, of, um, is it the Chauvin trial? Is that how you say his name? The one in the one in Minnesota right now, the George Floyd one, you could support the verdict of George Floyd. People will hate you. You can deny the verdict and, and not support the, the trial. And guess what? People will hate you. There's like, there's a no win situation and it's the loss of connection for me. That is, is why people fear the things that they fear and won't try again because they've been taught. Right. And this can start at young ages. Right. Can, mm-hmm. I think this is why, you know, PTSD is such a hard thing to work through is that when you are taught at a young age, not to try again, not to 
to to fear the very interaction of like telling your dad or telling your mom like you don't feel happy, you don't feel comfortable, you don't feel safe. Well, guess what? If you fear that interaction, do you think you're ever going to work through this self-healing process? Or, I mean, it's going to take you so much, like so much, you know, inspiration to get to that point of saying, I'm, I'm not afraid anymore to try this or I am afraid and I want to try this anyway. Right. Like it's, it's, it's the, well, we live in a habit, right? We live in our past habits of what we yeah. are used to feeling. So if we're used to recognizing that we're failing at things, then we're always going to live in scarcity. We're always going to think that no matter what we do, we're going to be failing at something. And I really like how you're, you're talking about, you know, the connection with other people. The only thing that I would say is that for me, at least I lost, I never developed the skills to connect with me first right I see myself in two different personalities maybe or like my old self versus my newer self or higher self versus lower self whatever you want to say but I didn't understand how to connect with that individual right that that the the inner child the child who went through all the things that she went through growing up like I lost that connection with her when I started to allow myself to listen to whatever noise was inside and yeah. to block the external noise is when I started to learn how to accept myself, to have that allowance. And then to realize that failure, failure is not the reason. I think the reason why people fear failure so much is because they believe and think that the word failure, the, the act of failing means giving up. And that is a habit. That is a pre I mean, if you think, take a child who's walking for the first time, right? He's going to get up and he's going to take a step and he's going to immediately fall down. Didn't he technically fail? Mm -hmm. But would you sit there and say, oh my God, you failed, bad, bad child, right? No, you're not going to say that because he has to learn. He's going to get up again and he's going to try other ways to be able to learn how to walk. It's the same exact thing to realize even as adults, we are allowed to get up as many times as you need to, fail as many times as you need to, because Failing does not mean you need to give up. Maybe you can redesign it. You can learn from it. You can choose to do something different. Great. But don't live in the fear of failure because if you fail, guess what? You get to hit pause and you get to learn. You get to redesign. You get to change whatever parts of you you want to or the environments that you want to. And then you keep going forward. Sure. And I'm going to kind of develop oh, that ahead. within yourself. Then, yeah, go ahead. Please. No, 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 please. <laughs> Oh, you go ahead. I'm going to save my question. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. So when I look at the word failure, I define it as a teachable moment. We've had this discussion before you and I, and uh, from that, um, we've also had the discussion on the term ignorance before as well. <laughs> yes, we have. Uh, yep. So it brings up the term ignorance. It, uh, basically having the self-awareness to know that you're ignorant because we don't know everything. We don't have all the answers. So sometimes we go into situations and we have no clue what we're doing and having that self-awareness, having that understanding that you're going into it ignorant and blind and uh, not having the, uh, I guess, what's the term for it? The, oh boy. Like perfectionism, like the know-it-all, uh, like I, I know everything. Right. That and, uh, um, going into it with, uh, not, not, 
I'm trying to think of the word here. I, it's I, gonna I come had to you. The, I had the it's word right there. It'll come to you about like 9 p.m. after we're, we're all done. With this. <laughs> Here's uh, Kyle. You think about that. Yep. I'm gonna pose a question for mm -hmm. for both of you. You know, Henna, you talked about losing your connection with yourself, and I think we've all been there. Here's my question: Where does that? How does that? manifest itself how does that begin how do you start the process of losing the connection with yourself great question i think you can answer that in so many different ways um depending on the situation or what someone's going through so whatever answer i give it doesn't have to be that exact way because it's always changing i think for me when i was learning how to reconnect with myself i realized that i never was aware that I've always been there. I wasn't aware that I've always been enough. So when you're reconnecting with yourself, I think it simply starts with allowance and awareness, right? Being aware that you are already everything you've been dreaming about, you've been imagining about, you've been, you know, thinking that in the future, like, just like how I used to say, when I lose weight, I will do this, this, or this, right? I limited myself for so long. But I think to regain that connection, it starts with that allowance and acceptance of who you are entirely as a person in that very moment. And then to accept the fact that all these things that you've created in your head that you want to be, you're already that person. Now, once you establish that, go ahead. You have a question. How do you lose it, though? Because so, like, yeah. because realistically, when you're a kid, you get up, you fall down, you keep getting up. So there's, there's absolutely a connection there for yourself to continue trying to continue going. So there's a connection within you, you know, that failure isn't, isn't a persistent thing. Where do you we don't know anything about that? Yeah. I think it's just the simple act of being human. We are constantly human, trying human doing human, whatever else you want to think of human comparing we, we, when we lose our connection to it and we don't know when it happens at some point growing up, right? When you're a child, you're really going off of your environment and your instincts, right? A child's going to see a desk right there and they're going to try and get up, use it to get up and walk over, or they'll see that there's a, a little tiny step. And when they're walking, they need to, you know, try and do something in a certain way that's coming from straight instincts so that to me is just being human or human being so when we're older and we're going through all the things that we're going through and we've lost the connection we lose the connection of just simply human beings and we don't know we're doing that we're, we're not taught about it and that's okay the the, the change and the transformation comes from first recognizing it and then re-establishing that connection I have a different answer, which is, what? but it's, it's somewhat similar. Um, you go for it. Mine's, mine's pointed though. Uh, mine's, I think I understand a little bit more about where it begins. I think it's trauma, right? It might be very small. It might be very big, but the connection to ourselves is, is fundamentally about balancing everything, right? Our body, our mind, our, our soul, everything that comes within, you know, the, the oscillation of the heart, right? The heart's an oscillator, 
right? It creates 5,000 times more electromagnetic energy than anything else in the human body. It's powerful. What happens when you, when, what happens with trauma? It changes the functioning of those things, right? It, it literally changes how things interact within your body. And I think that's where our loss of connection with ourselves really begins. And if you don't, you know, as a, as a human being, right? If you don't have an understanding of how that trauma has impacted you and how it's thrown you out of balance with, you know, with your heart, with your brain, with your, with your organs, right? Like trauma has literally been linked to things like rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, uh, you know, potentially other, other, uh, like physical health issues, which is like, okay, how does, a thing that happened 25 years ago create fibromyalgia how does a thing that happened you know how does an experience like that that is not physically linked to these these disorders or these diseases create the physical bodily impact of having you know a, a chronic illness or some kind of illness in general you know come to me it comes to this this connection with an experience and an interaction of how it was dealt with and you know i i refer to a number of different books but one book i haven't really talked a whole lot about is a book called tribe by sebastian younger um, i usually recommend it to veterans because it gives a a general and overall picture of how ptsd has really been um how it's been dealt with over over a historical lens. It's not a it's not a great uh, historical picture, but it's a it's general. It's good enough. And the idea, like if you look at tribal societies, you know, thousands of years ago, what you would see is that tribal societies created these these manifestations of connection, right? And this is also in a book called Sapiens. Um, I couldn't even say his name. Uh, it, it's it, it's a different, I can't say his name. It's a good book okay. though. Right. But okay. it's, I mean, it's like 20 hours on, on audible. I mean, it's a long book, Thanks. but it gives these understandings of how humans developed their, their connections to each other. And if, as you look at tribal societies, what you would see is that you have different dances for different experiences, different moments. And what these, what these you know, situations created was human connection. So what it did, you'd have a war dance, you'd have a victory dance, you'd have a, a lost dance, like these different things you'd gather around the campfire and you would connect with each other, right? You, the tribe would support each other and help each other through these, these losses, these victories, these traumas. And we don't have that anymore, right? If you, if you go through, you know, if you go through a, a sexual sexual assault or rape, are you supported by society? Absolutely not. You know, like there. I mean, there's there's so many stories that that you know are all over the internet that like people have told me that it's so it's so alienating, it's so isolating, right? People within their own families will isolate these you know these survivors, and. You know, and, and that's just one example of, of a thing, an experience that can happen that can create this loss of connection with yourself. And that's a big one, but there are so many different things, right? A simple disagreement within a family 
can create a can create a trauma, right? It can create this loss of connection with yourself because as a as a six year old, when you disagree with your father or when you disagree with your mother, and they tell you what's wrong with you, are you stupid? You know, like you don't even know, and and Not what you trauma. take from that is traumatic. You know, it doesn't it doesn't look traumatic, right? Like you didn't go to war or anything, but you start to gain a picture from what someone else said and you start to think you're the one that doesn't understand. You're the one that isn't right. And it's, it's interaction and trauma. It's, it's how we, I think it's very much how we take the simple interactions in our everyday lives and allow them to impact who we are. And I really think it's, it's that kind of mm -hmm. dichotomy between those two things. And, and, you know, I might be wrong, but I, I, I've seen a lot of, yeah. a lot of people. No, I, yeah, no, I was going to just comment on that. I think that, I mean, beautifully said, and this is why I love talking to you or hearing about, you know, your thought process, but I, I, I do identify with that and I do talk about that, but I don't think I really thought about it the way you just described it and for sure it is trauma i mean we're we're living in the false reality that we've created according to what other people think of us and we're assuming what they're thinking about us right so i completely completely agree with that i think that or actually no there is nothing else to think about i mean i agree <laughs> <laughs> and i'm over here alongside dylan with his thought process on like trauma being a huge factor in how we lose ourselves. Um, so I just started diving back into the book, The Body Keeps the Score, right? And uh, the very first couple of, like the very first paragraph is trauma, how, how, it, how, how it comes up, what happened, how different people interacted within their environments after that trauma happened. And I think it comes down to having somewhat of an expectation when you go into a certain situation and that expectation is either far from what you thought it was going to be or way more than you thought it was going to be. Right. And having the mindset in that moment to um, take that trauma and try to shut it out as much as possible. Um, you're losing yourself in that process because all you can think about after that is that certain moment in time and that trauma and without dealing with it in the right manner, it continues to manifest within you for years afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Have you, Anna, have you read The Body Keeps the Score? Well, and you just use the word, Matt. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Have you, have you read The Body Keeps the Score? I have not, no, but I've heard that it's a really good book. It's, it's, it's the book. Like, I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> See, it's the one. Is it the one for me? I, I honestly, okay. it, no, I'll definitely. It's my Bible, right? It's the thing that, like, if if I want, if people want to work with me, it's the thing that I almost always recommend. You know, I mean, I mean, mostly people with trauma come to me, so I don't, I don't get very many people that haven't been through trauma. So it's, it's obviously, there's, there's my kind of picture. I think. It can feel a little bit like a textbook, but it honestly is the best thing that you can read to help you understand what you've been through, right? It's not going to tell you everything. Like if you've been through something very specific, it's not going to give you all the answers, but it's going to give you perspective. It's going to give you understanding. And then to follow that book, I give them 
waking the tiger, which is a somatic experiencing kind of therapy. It's, it's about renegotiation. It's about, you know, kind of rewriting the story of what happened. Um, but I use it as, as kind of a, almost a format and a template for you to do whatever you want with it, right? Like this is how you renegotiate, you know, and this is how you, you talk with yourself to recreate this event. This is how you talk to yourself to recreate your life, um, your expectations, your perspectives, your everything. And, you know, both of those books combined have created a very clear picture for some people. Um, it's obviously very confusing regardless. Um, but it, I think the thing that people struggle with the most as humans is that if they, you know, let's say you buy some kind of class or you buy some kind of like therapy or something like that. I think the biggest problem is, is that people don't have a clear picture of what it's going to look like. What is the step-by-step process? You know, when you're taught how to shoot a basketball or how to kick a soccer ball or how to throw a football, right? It's a step-by-step process. And when we're talking how do I fix myself? It's, it's not right. It, it, it almost can't be, but at the same time, you can't just simply fix yourself like that. Yeah. Right. Like it's, but we, as, as coaches, right. Can, can simplify the first steps and kind of trick people into understanding or trick people into kind of inspiring themselves mm-hmm. to get yep. past the, the, the one thing that always trips people up the first fucking step, right? Like we need to get you understanding. And if, and honestly, like most people come to what me. What is like, step number one? What is step number? Like to the T, what is step number one? For me or for you? Ooh, I love that question. Um, Just give me both of them. Give it to me for you. And then what you would say to someone else. Step number one is perspective, right? You have to understand what it is that you're dealing with, right? Like if you're, if you're going to invade a country, are you just going to invade, right? This is my military mindset here coming out, <laughs> right? Are you just going to walk into a country and be like, Hey, we're, we're here, right? Like maybe you could do that with, uh, I don't know, you know, like Canada, because you know, they have one battalion of, of dudes up there sitting in the woods. <laughs> you know, if you're America, you could probably do that. Right. But would you do that with China? No. Probably not. Right. You would do some research right? You're talking about invading yourself. And if you don't know yourself, you're going to lose, right? It's, it's this simple concept. But how do you know yourself though? How, how do you start the process of knowing yourself? Pay attention to how other people's did it. How oh, did other I, people did it? How, oh, okay. I, how did I do it? How did Kyle do it? How did Henna do it? How did mm-hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk do it? How did Peter Levine do it? How did Bessel van der Kolk do it? How did Simon Sinek do it? Right. It's it's not just about like, you know, it could be about books. Right. Go read some books. Right. It could be go watch some YouTube videos, go listen to some podcasts. Right. That's what we're doing right here. Right. This is perspective. It's this allowance for yourself. Right. I'm using your word allowance for yourself to actually capture the possibility for that. It's possible. Right. That's what I think one of the hardest things. Right, go ahead. It is. So I'm going to challenge you and I want to go take it even a step further because this is what I I like see with clients and people that I talk to. So what about before that? How do you get yourself to first be aware that you want to learn about things and then you 
then have that energy to go out there and learn a little bit here, learn a little bit here, and you're gathering your information to start that process. Ooh, yes, go. <laughs> your body will tell you exactly when you it is time. Yeah. So what, yeah. what would that look like? Like what, so if, if your it, body's telling you. Imagine like, like think, think through this, right? Like your clients show you this, right? I'm, I, I don't want to live anymore, right? I don't, I can't stand this pain. I can't stand this relationship. I can't stand this, right? Like it's all in the language for me, right? Like my, my people that talk to me have a very specific language that they use, very specific. And the people that come out of my sessions do not use that language anymore, right? And, it, and if like my Instagram post today, I like it's so remarkable that we're actually talking about this, but my Instagram post today is literally talking about that first step, right? The a journey of a thousand steps starts with the first one. And the first one is words. Your words fucking matter. They are everything. Whether they're inside your head or or spoken or written, it doesn't matter. It's the words that you use to describe yourself. If I use the words, I hate myself, guess what I'm going to believe? Right? I hate myself. If, if I'm going to talk about myself in every facet of my life like I hate myself, then that's going to be the easiest thing I'll ever learn to believe. You know, And that starts, obviously, at, at a young age. If your parents don't teach you how to empower yourself, you're already at a disadvantage. You know, like I, that's why I'm starting with my son. I'm like, my son created a shirt that says, believe in himself about three, oh. or, three or four days ago. He was like, he was super, super hard on himself. And I'm like, dude, you created a shirt that says, believe in yourself. You can't create that shirt and then not, not follow its own example. And he looks at me, he's like, you're right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Dude, here it is. That's the one thing that I feel very responsible for is to create something or have a platform or, I don't know, create its own university for children to start to teach them about affirmation, manifesting, and, and the power of your mind and the way you speak to yourself. So you, you nailed it, Dylan. When I was asking like, what's the step further than that? It's the simple, uh, uh, well, I would, in my world, I would say the allowance to be aware of what you're currently saying to yourself. Yeah. And then you gather that information. Like I did, I was gathering all this information and I one day was just like, fuck this. Like I'm done. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of being the underdog or whatever definition I had given myself. I was just so over it. And I knew that this is just not giving me happiness. So right. I have no other option because I want to live. I do. I decide to live today. So if I'm deciding to live today, What's my first step? Okay, first step. Then after that is exactly the steps you talked about is the education and gathering all of that. And then you just kind of go from there. You know, what What really attracts people to me, and I think I'm starting to understand this more and more, is I show people how to actually listen. And that's not with your ears, right? Like it's not with the headphones that you're, you're listening your music with. I'm talking about how to listen to your body how to listen to your past, how to listen to your future, how to listen to the world that's happening around you. I don't care really what you say. It's how you say it. 
that matters. And what people take from me when, when they listen to me has nothing, it almost, almost doesn't have anything to do with the words that I say. It's how I say it to them, right? Like my best videos are, are for some reason, it's the videos that are like deeply like sensing almost like, how are you kind of, kind of stuff. They like, for some reason, like this is a new thing for me, but my voice, like people like my voice and I'm like, awesome. I didn't even know that that was a thing. But when I speak to people, they're like, holy cow, this guy is calming me down what are you doing? Right. And it's, and it's for maybe for the first time in their life, they're realizing that they can actually listen to this, this sensation that, that is going through their body and allow it to be a moment where the, of, of wake up, right? Like I don't want, here's the thing. I think you, I think you probably feel this too. I don't want to go search for people to oh, yeah. work with me. I never search. I, ne- I, I have never searched for anyone. So the first step like for us, like as coaches, the first step isn't to pull you and say, hey, you need to hear this. It's for you to find us, right? You almost have to realize like there's something wrong and I need to change, right? And that's the body, right? The body's telling you, right? Like you, even you said it, you were like, I'm tired of this, right? Like depression is a fucking sign. Anxiety is a sign. ADHD, ADD, PTSD, bipolar, all of these things are a sign of what needs to happen, what needs to change, right? There's, I've seen studies, you know, it was a long time ago and I haven't seen them. I haven't seen the research since, but bipolar in children was potentially curable five or six years ago when I read this study. I love by love, right? Like there's a potential where, you know, and this is what, this is why I don't look at mental illnesses and mental disorders and whatever you want to call them. I don't like them. I think the DSM is a waste of time. It's just a simple categorization. It's labels. It's all these labels that we're enforcing in ourselves or other people are giving us, which I'm not going to negate that, you know, some of them, yes, you know, you have to kind of take a case by case, but in the general population, we use the word anxiety and depression so much, so much that it's, it's, it becomes part of our vocabulary. So whenever we're stressed out, then automatically our mind is going and our body is going to remember having an anxiety attack. And then in that very moment, you're not really going through anything, but suddenly you are going to be in that flight or fight mode because now your mind and your body remembers what was in the past. And now you're going to be living that. Tell me, tell me this, tell me this, this is going to speak to you. You just confirm, right? In our clients, in, in the people that we work with, mental disorders are death sentences when they first find us. Is that your experience? Mm. If I have, if I have depression, if I have anxiety, if I have CPTSD or PTSD or bipolar, I have it for the rest of my life, no matter what, I'm going to die with it. Yeah, I guess I've never thought of it being as like a death sentence. Cause I don't think I've like thought of it that way, but I definitely would say it is a form of that where the second you identify yourself by a label that someone else is giving you, 
then you are going to embody that, right? Yep. Or because like, okay, for example, I know I've experienced depression, like clinical depression, where my mm. body is shutting down, I cannot get up, I am my my mind, everything, right? When you look it up, I know I've experienced that. Now, I know that I am not a depressed human being, mm. I've experienced depression. And I then overuse that word depression. But that is not who I am. So if then that means, you know, what you just said, as far as it being a death sentence, and you really embodying that, then yes, I would agree with that. But also the other side of it is that right. as, as the second you label it yourself. Right. And and what I mean by that is, is, you know, you can go through my comment section on some of my some of my deeper videos, and people will be like, I have, I have PTSD, I'm, I'm never coming back from this. And, and in some cases, you will live with that PTSD for a long time, right? It's the scar, right? Like you cut your arm and it's a deep, if you get a deep cut, guess what? You're going to have a pretty big scar and that's going to remain for the rest of your life. But if you live with that idea that PTSD is going to run your life for the rest of your life, where is that going to go? What is that going to provide you? Because that's, you know, that's the very thing, you know, again, it goes, mm. it goes back to words. It goes back to the interaction with, within ourselves and without ourselves of how we speak about who we are and, and our own self-image, right? Like there's, the self-image is so powerful. Um, and, and if we focus on these mental, like, this is why I hate diagnoses is that you, you get this picture you know, you are depression or you are depression, right? Then you are stuck inside this box. If you don't know, if you've never been taught, here's the thing. If you've never been taught to step outside that box, right? Like I'm, I'm a little bit of a savage. So some people tell me like, Hey, you're this. A little like, bit, total savage. <laughs> right? Like, like people tell me like, Hey, you're this. And I'm like, fuck, I am right. Like, no, no, I'm not. And then I research <laughs> it. And then I look into it. And I'm like, maybe a little bit, you know, <laughs> like, but it's, but if, if you've never yeah. been, well, that comes from when you go ahead, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that, that honestly comes from developing a brand new label or a brand new sense of understanding of who you are, right. Reestablishing that connection with yourself. Cause when you have that connection, you're confident, you're like, this is what I tell my clients all the time is, and this actually happened. So one of my clients were celebrating a year of working together um, in, in a couple of weeks here, which like still blows my mind, right? Like, I just, I'm so proud of this individual, but um, we were, I remember one of the first things that she asked me and that she was struggling with, she was like, you know, how do you have this self-confidence? How are you okay with failing at things? Why don't you live in fear anymore? How did you change that? And I had a hard time answering that because it's, there are steps and there are answers and there are methods and we've gone through those steps now after a year later. Right. But it's almost like this feeling, this, this, this feeling of, I already know I've done it enough times. I've practiced it enough times where I know that I'm going to do a situation and I may fail at it. I may be re I'm going to be really, really uncomfortable, but I know that that is not everything to me that I will see whatever I'm supposed to see in that moment. So with that energy, I can say I have a lot of self-confidence 
-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean I'm conceited. I just know that I may take a step and I have actually a little like story. I may read you guys if we have time, but it's, it's, it's yeah. really short. It's not really a story, but it's phenomenal. But yeah. I know that, are you guys okay with it? Actually? Cause I'm going to go for it and read it. To yeah. you guys. I'm all but about it. I know <laughs> that I know. Right. Um, <laughs> I know that I am going to make mistakes and that's totally fine because I'm going to learn from it because it is not my everything. It is not who I am and I'm not identified by it. And let's see, it's saved in one of my pictures. I think, you know, here's a, here's a thought that came up while you were talking about that. You know, when, okay. when we look at people that have been through trauma and people who haven't, normally i think most people look at people who have been through trauma as you've you've been set back and i almost disagree with that because oh i so disagree with that it's such a it's such a short term picture like yeah sure you're set back until you figure out how powerful you are because when mm -hmm. you've been through when you've been to war right whether it's real war or at within yourself right when mm -hmm. you've been to war when you've overcome it nothing can stop you right like i like i'm i want to be a testament to that like you will not stop me and realistically mm -hmm. what i see is that having been through the wars that i've been through and then i talk to people who have not sure you're successful but far more often you're not happy with yourself because you you've never tested yourself you've never pushed yourself to the limits of of what a human can go through and what a human can feel like i i am very much in tuned with how i feel and and what i what i've been through and i feel great right now i'm i'm 31 years old i've been through some some hard stuff but i feel great i feel so at peace right like sure i have a lot of work to do but i'm like whatever like i'm i want to make money i'm taking care of my family i'm having fun yes. Yes. like i'm yes. i'm having conversations yes. with with awesome people all the time you know sure i've gotten criticized and, you know the other day i had someone want to get out of my text pl platform and was very negative about it and i was like okay i i hope you have a i hope you have a good life i hope you enjoy your weekend yeah. you know and i'm like i don't give a fuck like i'm sorry yeah. that that this isn't the thing for you and and that you treat me this way and that's okay but you know what doesn't matter to me i would even celebrate that person however they said it and however it may have come across i would celebrate that person for having the power and the encouragement to be vulnerable and say hey i'm out uh, good amazing uh, <laughs> it wasn't like that <laughs> yeah. well, well yeah so see it's, it's all about context but yeah. if, if if someone is well even if someone's being negative to me and and giving me harsh whatever i'm so okay with that because you can't get me bro you can't touch me you can't yeah. change yeah. this work That's that me that i have done now it can affect me in certain ways and i may embody it in certain ways but i also know that you're not going to get me yeah and i look at it this way with uh mm -hmm. situations like that the first the first things that they normally say to you aren't going to come out perfect perfectly the way they want it to come out it may yeah. come out broken it may come out harsh like more harsh than they really anticipated it coming out 
it's just raw emotion coming out at that point. You can't take it for face value sometimes. People never, yeah. People are ignorant, so ignorant, right? It goes back to what we <laughs> what we talked about in the beginning. I you know, yeah. Of like of like you don't know people, right? Like this this right. person, and and I'll give you the example, right? Like I I don't even know the person's name, honestly. Like in okay. in, in my text community, it doesn't even have a name. So, uh, okay. This person was like your your um. Please take me off the list. You're you're a fucking nagging nanny every day, um, and all you you don't even help people. All you do is do this for fame. Wow. That's that's what they said. Like that's the first thing. And I'm like, I'm like, I I'm sorry that you feel that way. I disagree with your you know your vi- your vision of me. And that's that's how I responded. But I'll take you off. I respect your opinion. Yeah. I'll take you off the list. Yeah. You know, when, when that person said that to me, I was like, I, I don't even, it doesn't even bother me. Right? Yeah. Like, I, like 10 years ago, I would have been destroyed by that. You know, yeah. now I'm like, yeah. oh, I, I, you don't even know, man. Like you don't even know. You don't even I, know me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, exactly. like, yeah. like I, I, I physically laughed when I saw that. Cause I'm like, yeah. One, I love the I love the insult. It was actually funny because I never would have expected someone to say that to me. Yeah. But um, but I'm like, you have no idea why I do this. And if you if you haven't followed my content to understand, that's that's just that's, that's ignorance. Okay. And I'm sorry. Like I'm I'm yeah. sorry that you feel that way. I really am. But that's your own fault for not understanding my purpose. And you know, yeah. she was like. She was like, I texted you on TikTok or I messaged you on TikTok. I'm like, I've, I've got 500 messages on TikTok. I'm mm. sorry. I, I don't check that as much anymore. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. But if you texted me, if you literally texted me, I would have responded. You know, and that was one of her, her gripes was like, you, you never responded to me on TikTok. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I wish. You know what? It left, breaks you know? my heart. It, it honestly, as you were saying that word for word, like my heart broke a little bit to know that this is what this person was saying. Not because she's saying it to you, but it's right. just that that person feels. feels that's how she's feeling. Yeah. Whether her thought is correct or not correct, that's not the issue here. Because we already know that that's she doesn't know the story. She doesn't know where you're coming from. And right. that's okay. But it breaks my heart that there's an individual out there that has that feeling. Right. And that's where that allowance or acceptance comes in of like just realizing that people are people and they're limited in their own yep. belief systems. And there are certain ones that are willing to restructure that. And I feel like this is going to connect perfectly to this little story that I'm going to read yes. you guys whenever you're ready. Unless Go for something. it. Okay. So it's called There's a Hole in My Sidewalk. Did I read this to you the first time when we were doing this talk? No, right? Okay. I don't believe so. This has rocked. Okay. I don't think so either. Um, but this has rocked my world. It's something that I um, will read to my clients, especially in the first session when when they're just in that mode. And it's just like, you can see the victim mentality. You can see the back and forth. You can see the 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 limited wall or the wall actually that they've they've created even though they're seeking your guidance and they're they're there but they're still having this wall up so i'll usually pull this little picture out and i'll read it so and i'll send it to you guys and please feel free to use it because it's not sure. mine mm-hmm. um but it's called there's a hole in my sidewalk chapter one i walk down the street and there's a deep hole in the sidewalk i fall in i'm lost i'm helpless it isn't my fault It takes forever to find a way out. Chapter two, I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I pretend that I don't see it. I fall in again. 
I can't believe I'm in the same place, but it isn't my fault. It takes time. It takes a very long time to get out. Chapter three. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it's there. I still fall in. It's a habit, but my eyes are open. I know where I am. It is my fault. I get out immediately. Chapter four. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Now, chapter five, probably the best chapter in this entire thing. Chapter five. I walk down a different street. Simple. Yep. And that's that's the story. Yep. Simple. You know, that's that's what we do. That's so, pre- that's pretty much. So what sim- we do. to me, this is this is what we do. It's this acceptance of knowing that one in the beginning, right? They 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 don't know there's a hole in the uh, sidewalk. They they fall in. They're in the victim mentality of like, why me? This always happens to me. It's everyone else's fault, and I have no control in my life. So I blame everyone around me. But eventually, you get to a place where you you can see it's there. And you do fall in because it's out of habit, because we're used to doing the same thing over and over again. But the difference now is that you're aware of it. Your eyes are open and you know the steps to come back out. And then chapter four is about, you know, you you see it's there and you just decide to walk around it. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to walk around it. Now, the true transformation that I want my clients or anyone to, you know, embody within themselves or for me to constantly remind myself is that even when you go through all these chapters in your life, right? And you're going to constantly be going through this in all different moments in your life. But the transformation comes from accepting everything, allowing yourself to accept it all, feel what you need to feel. And then in the morning, when you wake up in the morning and you open that door and you're walking down the street, you just decided, hey, I already know what's down this pathway. I know there's the hole. I know all of this stuff. I decide today to go right. I'm going to go down a completely different pathway. I don't know how many holes there are. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I don't give a fuck because I'm excited. I'm ready to go. And this is what's going to be really exciting for me. I'm meant to go right. I'm meant to go down a different pathway. We're, we're going to see what happens. That's the true transformation. Yep. I love it. I love it. And I love that you're, I, I love that you're swearing now too. It's great. Cause I, <laughs> It, makes, oh. it doesn't make me feel isolated. Well, you swear, and I'm like, oh, we can swear Kyle, here? Shit. You just opened Ky- up a whole thing. Yeah, Kyle doesn't <laughs> swear that much, so it's it's mostly me on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that one episode that I'm just like absolutely Fuck fired it. up about. Let's get it. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> well, Kyle, do you have any, do you have any questions for, for Hannah? Honestly, if there was one quote or one thing that you could say to people that are struggling with the same things that you went through what would you say a quote yep i mean i'm gonna have to go back to the weight of your mind is heavier than the weight of your body so whether you struggle with physically gaining weight or losing weight or nutrition or a relationship or career your your body is here right it's a real thing but your mind, your your soul, your what is living up here, your thoughts is so much heavier than whatever you think is physically in front of you. 
So when you accept that and you start to go into it, that's when you listen to negative thoughts and you can then change the narrative of your mind by saying the opposite and you say it over and over and over again. There is power behind manifestation and law of attraction and affirmations. I mean, earlier, Dylan, you said, um, you know, you trick people, right? To like start this. That's exactly what I do. And that's what I did for myself is I tricked myself in believing that I'm already everything I've ever wanted to be. I'm aware of it. Now, naturally, I end up taking certain steps and doing certain things that are going to continue me, continue myself down that path. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, if you, if you want to overcome something that you don't believe in, you have to trick yourself. That's, that's the facts, right? Like you, if you've been negative all your life, you will not believe that you can be positive until you start doing the thing that you want to do consistently. So you have to, you have to talk positively or you have to stop being negative, right? It takes what it takes by Trevor Mm Mawad. It's a great resource for that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, taking the step back and saying, I'm not going to be negative to myself. I'm going to say something positive, even though I don't believe it. And if I do that consistently, I can create a different thought pattern for myself. You know, it's not that simple in some, in some cases, but it can be for a lot of people, you know, where it becomes complex is the trauma, you know, the, the very deep trauma where, you know, it's, it's, it's the, you know, it's the interaction of yourself and your trauma in general and the memory issues come, come into play. Um, that's honestly where a lot of my work is, is trauma. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't do, I don't have a ton of clients that haven't been through a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of hardships. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I value working with them because they, they teach me so much. Um, mm-hmm. one question I had for you, mm-hmm. um, what, what are some of the, the, what are some of the things, obviously, since September, since we, we last spoke, that you've really learned from, you know, life, from your work, from, from the, the clients that you have? Like, what are, what are a few of the things that you've really gained from, from the past, I guess it's been about six months, seven months mm-hmm. of, of life? Ooh, that's a heavy, heavy question because I could say a gajillion things and I could also say absolutely nothing, right? Um, (laughs) I think in the last couple of months since we last spoke, the biggest thing that I have connected to or learned is, I mean, I'm going to say it again, is just learning how to allow myself further and further and further that my voice has a purpose and a passion my presence in this world has a purpose and passion. So I think actually, oh no, now I know my answer. My, in the last actually two months, I've really understood that what my passion is and what my purpose is, right? And I know that my passion is for me. I will wake up every single day discovering what I'm passionate about, is me and learning and growing and listening and talking and experiencing life from my passion my purpose is born right and i used to say this before and i don't think i actually really understood it until 
recently. And I think it's going to constantly, you know, open and have all those henna down moments. But my purpose is then for others, right? My purpose is to show you or, or just, you know, help talk to you or just listen to you. That's it's for other people. Mm -hmm. But my purpose is nothing without knowing what my passion is. What am I passionate for? What drives me? And I'm able to clearly identify certain things. I think that's been my biggest thing. I love it. Absolutely. And it totally confirms my, my thoughts on values. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's it. That's it, right? Like when, when you really start to look at everything through the lens of, excuse me, the lens Mm -hmm. of yourself, you start to recognize just, you know, just what's needed within your life. You know, you don't, you don't need the excess. You don't need the, you know, too much. You, you need what you need and you give what you can rather than you give everything. Right. Yes. And I, I love that. And I, and, and that's so good for you, especially because of what, what we do, right? Like it's, um, it's such a, it's such a profound thing that we do. And it's such a hard thing because, you know, it's, it's easy to sit here and question yourself. You know, I, I, I certainly have done it myself of, I'm just a life coach. I'm just a mental health coach, right? It's kind of where my niche is right now. Yeah. Um, what qualifications do I have? Because people have asked me and I say, I don't have nothing, right? Me too. Nothing. And it's like, I, it, that answer does not bother me, you know, like it used to, because I used to measure myself in comparison to other people that have qualifications. And I'm like, some of those people, what I'm learning from my clients should not be qualified the way they are qualified right? Like so many people tell me horror stories, absolute horror stories of working with therapists and counselors. And that doesn't like, that doesn't make me hate all therapists and counselors, but there are certainly people that are not qualified to do the job that they're doing. And Mm -hmm. I like where I'm at. I don't want to get qualifications. Can I tell you a secret why you're good at what you do? And and it's life coaching because it's easy to just say life coaching because it's so yeah. hard to really identify it. Right. It's because you are simply human being. You are, you're just a friend. You become yeah. someone or you have become someone who just can sit there and listen yeah. and reflect, right? You don't tell people here are the steps to change your life. If you don't follow these steps, then you're out. Sorry. It's not going to work out. Right. Yeah. You just listen and right. you allow and you guide and you, and you become a friend, right? That's my biggest thing is I, I want to connect with my clients, which is also one of my biggest struggles because the more and more I connect with them, the more and more I give of myself. And then I am completely exhausted and drained and depleted. Mm-hmm. So my challenge right now is learning to step back. I mean, I stopped making a lot of TikTok videos, stopped making a lot of content. I get now overwhelmed when I'm posting on Instagram because I'm constantly comparing myself or I should be doing this or I should be doing this. And I'm like, well, fuck that. Like, no, (laughs) I allow myself to take a break in whatever way I need to take a break. I don't need to aesthetically please people online of what I do. I don't need to explain myself. I allow myself to feel called to post when I want to post, when I want to share, because I 
again, go back to my passion. My passion is for me and my passion is helping people. But if I'm constantly feeding my purpose before my passion, then I I'm depleted and drained. So I have to set those boundaries. I have to let people know that, Hey, allow me. I mean, now it's in my contract and it is like highlighted and bolded, you know, allow me 24 hours to 48 hours to respond to you. Now I probably will respond sooner than that, or even longer than that. But everybody knows that I'm, I, I will tell them I'm busy. I have a lot going on. You know, I'm here. And this yeah. is a, maybe a trick that you guys can use is I always tell them, send me a voice memo. If you're going through something in that moment and you really need someone, I can guarantee you that you know how to get yourself to wherever you need to get to, because I see it in our sessions, right? I don't tell you how to change something or how to feel. I just ask certain questions and then you figure it out yourself already in front of me. Yeah. So instead of me responding to you or getting on the phone with you, how about you send me a voice message and process it. And now I have clients who will send me like the entire day of random ones, right? As they're processing. And then I'll listen to them. I'm like, oh my God, like, this is just, it's perfect. It works out. And they didn't need me in that moment. And that was hard for me to have that boundary because I just want to rescue everyone and just always be there, but there's only one henna. Right. Yeah. I I believe that comes down to just having, yes, you're having the empathy for them, but you also have to have that accountability switch for yourself. You, you have to oh, know, yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but no, seriously, having Fuck that, yeah, accounta- dude. having that <laughs> accountability yeah. switch for yourself, knowing that, Hey, you're not here to, um, help them solve their problem for them. You're, mm-hmm. you're there to simply give them the tools that they can go home and use to help themselves. Yeah. I, I don't teach people how to be, made. I want my clients to tell me one day, Hey, I don't need you anymore. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm same, right? Like I don't teach my clients to be me. I, I offer them how to be themselves, mm-hmm. right? Like how, how are you going to do it? Right? Like I can, t- I can show you how I did it, but that doesn't mean that you're going to do it my way and win, right? You might do it my way and lose, right? You might fall apart. You might destroy yourself trying to be me right? Like maybe you're not meant to be an influencer, right? Like maybe it's not in your cards. You don't have to be right. And maybe it's not in my cards for the rest of my life. I don't know what I do know. It's, it's working for me right now. I enjoy it. I like making videos, especially with this. I got a new camera. So it's, it just makes things super easy, right? Like I love it and it's fun. And you know, it kind of goes back to the early days of like 2020 when I was doing it, I was like, wow, you know, (laughs) but you know, like it's, the very same challenges, right? Like I, I went through my own phase of trying to determine if, you know, I'm growing as a business and I can't, I can't continue on the level of content creation I was doing in 2020. I just can't. I was, I was, I had the time to actually functionally do it. Now I am inundated with one-on-one sessions and I'm, I'm working with people all the time. And I can't just sit here and be on camera making content the whole time. I've got a family, you know, I've got, I've got a business to manage as well. Like that, like that is my challenge right now is getting to this point where I can pay other people to do what I do, right. Where I'm this, where I do the podcast, I do the meetings, right. I, I set up my, my coaching calls and my, you know, my group sessions that I'm going to be starting, starting up soon, you know, where I'm just doing the thing that I love to do and I'm paying someone else a a great wage to support me and help me and keep them happy so that I can be happy. Right. Like 
there are things that I'm doing in my business that I don't like to do. And that's okay. I understand the need for it, right? Like, again, we kind of go back to wants and needs. Like, I understand the need for it because I don't have the capital within the business to pay someone else to do it. And what that requires for me is to challenge myself to, one, learn the task, and two, push myself to do a task I don't fucking want to do and develop that perseverance and that persistence to say, I know my goal. And my goal is once I create this, I can, I can offload this to someone that wants to do it or likes the money enough to do it for me. <laughs> you know? and so you have hired someone to do that for you? So not yet. Not I'm, yet. Okay. Uh, it's, so you are going through it. It's coming, right? Like it's, it's, it's coming. Oh, yes. You know, like it, this, I think, you know, I thought 2020 was going to be the year that I like blew up, but I, you know, blowing up is, is multifaceted, right? Like you can blow up on social media and it doesn't get you anywhere, right? Like certainly it's helped my business. I've got, I've greens, I've gained some incredible clients, but my whole purpose behind starting this was to help as many people as I possibly can. And what 2020 taught me was the, the deep connection that I know how to make. And what it's also given me is this knowledge, right? It's given me this wisdom to understand how people think, how people learn, how people develop, how people look at the problems that they have. And now I can hyper-focus in, in ways to give them that knowledge in other ways, right? Like, so, so quite frankly, you know, I'm not, not giving all my strategy away, but Facebook, Instagram ads are going to be a thing for me, right? And I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing, um, coaching, coaching workshops with more people than just one, you know, developing, um, you know, paid ads and funnels and, and the things that I never knew existed a year ago when I started my business of like, this is how you connect with people in, in the modern marketing age, right? Like I'm learning things that I never thought I had to learn. Um, and it's also allowed Have you read me... the dot-com theory? I have not. The dot-com series? Ooh, no. okay. I'm going to send the, uh, those titles to you. Read it. Cause that's exactly what you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm growing, right? Like, I mean, that's the whole goal, but it's, you know, it's something that like initially I was like, I don't want to do this. This is so much work. Um, and now I'm realizing that it's when you start to connect with the future of what you're trying to accomplish, right? Where's your passion? Where's your purpose? That this is a stepping stone to get to that purpose, right? Like I want to help everyone in the world. You know, I know what's, I know it's not possible, but it's a dream that I can look towards and say, you're getting closer. You're getting a lot closer. And I have the voice, I have the ability, I have the knowledge, you know, and, and what I think I have the best ability to do is learn, right? Like it's my value. Learning is my value. So whether I have all of what is needed for later on, doesn't matter. I'll learn it. I'll figure it out and I'll take from people and I'll learn from people in a way that other people can't, because that's who I am. It's always been who I am. Because you allow yourself to yes. just do all of those things and change it as many times as you need to. Absolutely. And that's that's kind of where I'm at is I'm I'm developing, you know, in a in a, a space where I've never really been before, and that's business. And it's right. it's pretty it's pretty fun. Literally goosebumps. I'm I'm telling you, like 
I mean, I'm I've, every video I've seen of yours or just even listening to you talk like this, like inspirational to the max, because those are things that I don't like doing either. Like, I don't really want right. to spend a lot of time learning how to run a business online and sales funnel. Like, I hate that stuff so much with a passion. Like, I just want to talk to people and listen to people and somehow <laughs> be financially successful. I, I just wish it could happen. But I know that it doesn't work that way. Right. So yeah. just even hearing the way you process it and thinking about it, I mean, it just gives me life. Like, I'm excited. Like, I want to, you know, crack out some of these books and start to relearn some of this stuff because you're right. Like, it, it it's, this is how it is. And this, I allow myself to learn and constantly grow. You know, I will ask you a question. Do you think that as you talk to more and more people, and this question is for both of you guys, as you guys talk to more and more people and you connect and you see them having like the dumb moments, you're going to use that as an example, or seeing their shift and they're changing the, their mind and they're having all of this self-love. Does that give you, I mean, maybe not life, but does it, does it help you with your current journey? Because we're always learning and growing, right? We're, we don't know it all. We struggle, we cry, we have pain. We question ourselves all the time. Do you feel that the more you talk to and inspire, you end up being inspired yourself? Kyle, why don't you start? Uh, I look at it, I look at it this way, right? Um, if that is your sole purpose is to put yourself in those situations where you are talking to people and you see the direct impact of what you are preaching, like your value and you are instilling it in people. Um, yeah, I would say, yes, it does give you a sense of like remembering your why in a sense. Why am I doing this? Now I remember why I'm doing this and I'm going to keep mm -hmm. doing this because it's obviously working. Yeah. Yes and no. Okay. You know, I say yes, very, very similar to, to Kyle in a sense that um, I think it's very valuable to see your impact. Um, but I have learned throughout my life that your impact can also um, degrade your ability to learn. And if you, if you focus so much on validation, if you focus so much on, on the impact that you have on people, yeah. um, you can learn to become someone you're not. Yeah. And I, so, so how I, how I do that is I, you know, I have created the person that I wish I had when I was a kid. Right. So it's, it's this sense of purpose that no one, no one can fulfill, right? No one can fulfill who I am right now, but me. So there's always a sense of, yes, I appreciate the validation and, and the understanding of like, Dylan, you're doing a good job, but it isn't what drives me. What drives me will always be the sense of purpose that I have for the person that I was. And, and that need that I always knew other people needed. And it's, it's the reason that I wrote my book in the first place. And my book is what drove me to become who I am because it empowered me to actually talk about the things that nobody else talked about. I talk mm -hmm. about suicide and I talk about the hardships of life and getting to that point where I put a gun to my head. Like it's, you know, it's like, what, what are you having for lunch tomorrow? You know, I, I have in my entire life, 
I have never met someone that was so willing to talk about things like that as I have. And I have, I have literally fulfilled that purpose of becoming that person that my, that I needed when I was six years old and seven years old, when I was struggling at the hardest point in my life to understand what the fuck is life. Right. And, and that will always be the thing that drives me more than any validation or any criticism out there. It's the thing. It's the thing that burns within my soul to, to help people. Um, and it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with me. So goosebumps, like, and you, ugh, again, like I just, I'm, I'm, I maybe I'm really animated right now, but like, it's just, this is why I love, love talking to you or hearing you speak. So, and I may have worded the question a little bit differently. So yes, I completely agree to be who you are is not in accordance to being validated by other people. Right. But for me as an individual, I know I struggle with validating myself. I forget. I get into my head. I yeah. overthink. I'm still learning. So for me to remind myself what my passion is, what my purpose is, my passion is me, right? So when I'm doing my purpose, which is talking to other people and hearing and learn, I end up learning. My clients probably don't even realize how much I learn about who I am as a person as I'm talking to them, not because of them validating me saying, Oh my God, Hannah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much. Not that part, but the part of re explaining a story or a scenario or listening or, 100%. you know, cause every single okay. person is so different. That part of it feeds my soul. It reminds me, it teaches me more and more. So all of my clients are my little storybooks that I'm learning from because I have to re I have to adjust the way I say certain things or re-explain certain things because some people are not going to, everybody has a different love language, right? Everybody's yep. going to understand things differently. So I'm ready and willing and allowing myself to change whatever I need to change so that I would be getting through to them, but because it's teaching me. So what I meant was exactly how you explained it, but to continuously learn even from working with clients. And that's how I feed my passion and my purpose. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that's what, I think that's the creation of confidence in a way is that you're, you're able to right? like the first time I talked to Kyle wasn't, you know, it wasn't perfect. It helped him clearly, but I think now Kyle sees a, you know, and you can obviously confirm this kind of, I think you see a very different version of me since the first time we talked. Right. I, I would definitely say so. Yeah. Cause the first, the first time, you know, we talked, it was, what is the story by the way? Or if, if you guys don't mind telling, you can tell me later too. But. So me and me and Kyle met, um, when we became a, a, a team on COVID orders. So we were, we were a national guard team, um, collected to, give COVID, uh, COVID tests. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we had about 30 people and I became like a, a shadow NCOIC. So I was like third in command. Um, cause we had two air force people that didn't know how the army worked. So I kind of became that I was that top army, um, uh, NCO and Kyle was one of my soldiers and it was probably a second mission or so. Um, Kyle started listening to a podcast that I was on 
from one of my good friends, Ryan. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was a, it was probably the deepest I've ever gone into talking about suicide, um, on, on a podcast. I mean, it was like, I like my friend Ryan and keep this, keep this in mind. My friend Ryan had no clue about any of this and me and Ryan go way back to college, right? This is like 10 years ago. And it was the first time he had ever heard me talk about this experience that he was literally like, he was in the class that I left um, and, and went home and I was going to commit suicide. He was in the class before he, you know, before I did this. Right. So he had yeah. no clue. And I didn't, I didn't even realize it. I didn't realize the profoundness of that, but um, he, Kyle listened to that one night. And then the next day was like, Hey, can I talk to you? Um, and, you know, kind of gave me the context about what his situation was and talked about his, you know, the, the, the darkness that he was facing. Um, and from that point on, I think we just, we just kind of st stuck around, stuck her, yeah. you know, wow. and, and it was, it, it was just, you know, for, for us, it was just a moment where we were, you know, one, I, it was like no rank. Like, I don't, I'm not your authority right now. I'm just here. Right. And that's kind of what I do in my sessions. Like I, mm -hmm. I am not your therapist. Do not look up to me. Look mm -hmm. next yeah. to me. Like I'm, I'm sitting shoulder to shoulder with you. Right. Like, and, and if, if there's one thing that I don't talk about very often, it's leadership and, and Kyle knows best of all, honestly, about how I feel about leadership. And it's something that I think once I actually start being recognized about talking about it, it will change some people's perspectives and it's going to be a book that I, that I write eventually. But, uh, oh, yes. you know, leadership is, is such a profound thing. And if you always stand as an authority figure, you're never really leading. If you can't sit down on the level of, of the people that you're leading and support them and understand them, then you're really not connecting with what they need. And Kyle at that point in his, in his life needed to talk to a, a friend. He needed to talk to a person you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle, but you know, like you just needed someone to express yourself to and to feel what you were feeling and allow that. And I think that's, you know, that's what, that's what I did for him. And I did that for many others on that team. Um, as I became NCOIC and, uh, you know, December came around and, and we left, but, uh, me and Kyle kind of stuck around you know, <laughs> and was like, here we hey, are. You want to see, want to start a podcast, <laughs> and, and keep going. And he's yeah. been, he's been great. You know, like it's, it's, and here we are, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's here been, we there's, are, yeah. there's so much to mine and Kyle's relationship, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's great. It's great. And it's growing every day, honestly. Yeah. Um, so the way I look at that situation that you just described pretty well, I would say it was pretty damn near spot on. Yeah. Um, so going along the leadership role, I don't think I've ever had someone of higher rank at the time actually in a sense strip off their uniform and be like let's talk what like face to face and in my almost i would say a little over nine years of being in the military now it, it's crazy to see that i'm finally getting a leader that 
will actually sit there and look you eye in the eye, like eye to eye, and be like, "I hear you." And and I think another important part of that is also when the workday comes, holds you accountable to what you have to yep. do, you know, and and respect when you can't. You know, I, I, there were there were certain times where people people didn't have the ability to do the job, and if I had if I had treated them differently, I think there would have been a different outcome. But I was able to treat them with respect, treat them with the the dignity that they earned by wearing the uniform. And I, I treat everybody equally. You know, like if if you have problems, you have problems. Just talk to me about it. You know, and I, I create that space, not just in my sessions, but in my life to show people mm-hmm. like if, if you, if you're struggling and I can help, please talk to me. If you don't, I understand, but eventually we're going to have the conversation. Um, you know, it's, and I, I know we're going to have the talk, right? Like here's, yeah. here's the thing. If you would have talked to me, this could have happened and it's, we're here now. And, and I give people the reality, you know, as, as a leader, I, I want, I want people to understand the reality. I want people to know I am going to hold you accountable. I have to like, especially military, especially infantry specifically, I have to be a savage, right? Like that's part of my fucking job description. And you're just such a badass. (laughs) You know, I, you know, I'm not the most badass. I'm just, you know, I just do what I have to do. And, you know, part of my job description is to, to make men, you know, into the people that can, that can kill for the U S military. You know, that's what infantry does is we go out, we kill the enemy. The enemy comes, kills us. We're the pawns as, as unfortunate as that is, it's the reality. And it, it requires callousness. It requires hardness, but in the grand scheme of things, we're still human. And the infantry really suffers from that callousness and that, that hardship that, that we feel like we have to be the hardest men out there and we have to prove ourselves and we have to be better than everybody else. But at the end of the day, what it does is it creates leaders that are willing to look at the mission rather than look at the men. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it creates toxicity. It creates the, the idea that if you are weak, if you show any kind of weakness, if you fail a PT test, if you fail anything, you are worthless it creates that. And as a leader, I've seen that for the past 13, almost 14 years now. And I've hated it. Every single time I saw it, I hated it. And I was willing to step up against, you know, some of the, some of the leadership that I've seen and some people don't like me and, and I'm okay with that, right? Like I'm perfectly okay with that because one of my values is integrity. And I'm willing to say, I know what's right even though the army doesn't look at it as right, or you don't look at it as right. I don't give a shit. I'm going to support this guy. I'm going to take care of this guy. And, and, uh, unlike other leaders that talk about integrity, I prove it because part of, part of my life, part of who I am is showing people the way forward, not just talking about the way forward. And Mm -hmm. Kyle seen that Kyle seen me make decisions that were not, the right decisions for the army. And I took, I took that on the chin. If, if I knew full well, if, if, if we were caught, I'd take that on the chin and I was fully okay with that because 
it, it was a decision that had to be made either for the people or the mission that the that had been proven, right? The unit yeah. had proven that they weren't going to take care of us. And if I didn't, no one was going to take care of us. Um, so and I bet you, Kyle, you were, you were following Dylan no matter what, because of how he, like you said, sat with you eye to eye and said, let's talk and just listened, right? So, because yep. of creating that, that value. Yep. So I look at it this way. Um, after that day, um, really getting to sit down and talk to him, it was more or less, all right, what can I take? What value? I had to sit there and process the and the the confrontation. And uh, a lot of value came from it. And from that day on, I was like, what else, could, what, what else am I missing here? So I kept diving, digging in a little bit, a learning, a lot of conversations, <laughs> a lot of, hey, what if, or, uh, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me explain? Like, um, rationalize this in my brain so I can get yeah. through it. Yep. And there was a lot, a lot of talks and, uh, just going through that and, um, seeing how effective it was, even if it wasn't always right to the military, we got the job done and it was, got, um, got the job done. with, with very, very little, um, people casualties. take care of each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, I have to say, but Go ahead. Well, I mean, that's what I want, right? Like I want to get the job done, but to get the job done requires the people to do the job, right? Leadership is, is supporting people and doing the work, right? I'm not doing the work. I can, I can step down to their level and do the work if I need to. But then again, that's, that's not always the right not answer. Yeah. You know, that's right. That's it's leading by example in, in some circumstances, but it can also be micromanagement in others. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. my job isn't to micromanage. My job isn't necessarily to lead by example. When I become, when I come to a certain level, especially in the military, it comes down to how can I support the people doing the job? And sometimes, and, and I think so many military leaders and military soldiers in general can attest to this the army will not take care of you. It, the army will always take care of itself. And you can, you can apply this to any organization. The organization will always outlast the people. And if you're unwilling to accept they that- They forget that they're human beings. Right. And if you're unwilling to accept that the organization is always going to outlast the people, then you will fall into this trap of not taking care of people first. You know, because at the core of it, if if you don't create an organization that that supports people or has some kind of checks and balances about supporting people, the people are going to lose. And and who the fuck wants to work for an organization that doesn't take care of its people? It, it, it's it's just not a good environment. It's not a good place. So that's what I create. Is I, I, was, yeah. gonna, I was just going to say, like, I cannot wait to the day where I'm watching you being interviewed on Ellen or Oprah or any of these like <laughs> networks out there. I'm, I, I know what's happening. Like you're, it's going to be all of that. I just, I mean, this is why you're such an amazing coach because you're just a good human being, right? You've just, you, you're vulnerable and, you know, and it's not even just about being introverted or out extroverted or, you know, whatever we want to be. It's just, you're, you just get it. You're just 
normal human, right? This yeah. is this is where we come from. Yeah. Is this this feeling? This what you're saying? This is why you're such a great coach or leader, and um, you're able to take you know, all of these men and create men, you know, like the Mulan song, I'm going to make a man out of you. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it's just, it's, it's, that's what was playing in my head as you were talking about that whole thing. By the way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And I just, from the bottom of my heart and like everyone else, I'm sure I'm speaking for all of them. It's like, thank you so much for your service and protecting cit uh, citizens like me. Right. And um, I just, that's, I don't, I don't know if I'd ever be able to have that ability to do something like that. You know, I think that's my, I, I would be very limited with being that type of role in society. So thank you for your sacrifices and what you guys do together and for everyone else. I mean, it's just, you guys are not appreciated enough. So hopefully I can show you guys that you, like, I really appreciate it. Of course. It's, it's an honor. I, that's, that's how I look at it. It's an honor for me. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> is, I mean, is there literally anything else that we that we can talk about, or do you? <laughs> I mean, we'll be here all night if we're not careful. <laughs> if we brought up another topic, we would need at least another three hours for this. Yeah, so I yeah. propose <laughs> doing this again at some point for fun, oh, yes. um, and talking about life and things like that. But right. We gotta stop. We gotta stop, guys. I know. We got, We just got to do this. I mean, I, my my butt is actually getting numb, and I'm gonna have to get up and start doing some right. stretches and get some cardio in because you know I can only stay so long. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, let's let's close this out, Hannah. This was awesome, right? I, I, Seriously. Okay. I, I yeah. I speak for both of us from saying this was this was probably honestly is my favorite podcast so far. It's just like. <sighs> talking right like this was probably the deepest we've really gotten um but i mean this was just awesome so is there anything that uh number one i've got a couple things for you is there anything that you want to say uh to to my followers and anything that you want to express for, for yourself and also follow that up with how can people find you how can people get in touch with you you know give them give them all of it mm -hmm. yeah um, so, I mean, I feel like I talked about a lot of different things. Um, so hopefully from whatever I've shared or, and I'm, I'm telling you, it is the bare minimum of what I've shared. It's just, it's so much deeper. There's so much more, but again, you know, we're already like two and a half hours in or two yeah. hours in. So, yeah. you know, there's only so much we can share. Um, but hopefully whatever I have talked about, you know, does connect to someone in some way for your own reasons. Um, and I, I think this has been one of my favorite conversations to have also. Uh, so thank you for having me and thank of you course. for allowing me to talk about my nonsense um, and being <laughs> crazy and wild. And thank you for cursing in the beginning because I didn't know I should have asked, you, like, are we allowed to curse? Naturally, I'm, that's who I oh, am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Not I'm glad different. that I was able to be more of who I am. Yeah, <laughs> cool, cool. <laughs> Oh man, see me at the gym. Like I'm, 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 I'm a savage at that point. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, um, if you guys do find me on social media or anything else and you learn a little bit more about me, please feel free to ask me questions, um, send me a message and I will get back to you as soon as I can. And whatever I'm able to give you, I will always give. Um, but you can find me. So Instagram would be healing with henna 311. Now 311 because I used to weigh 311 pounds. And then the name of my business is mm -hmm. Healing with Henna. Um, or you could go to my website, healingwithhenna.com. Um, TikTok is also Healing with Henna. 
uh, and yeah, I'm sure you can find it on uh, Dylan's yep. uh, Instagram story or something like that. And you can follow I'll be, it through. If I'll you post it. for sure be putting it in the description of whatever you're oh, listening this, to. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, yes. If it's on YouTube, if it's on uh, Spotify, or I think Apple Podcasts is where yeah. I get most of my views. So, okay. Um, yeah, guys, uh, this has been awesome. Hannah, thank you so much. Kyle, awesome as usual. Thank you. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you. I'm going to plug a few things. Uh, if you want to join my inspirational text platform, get a chance to maybe feature your question on the podcast, go ahead and text your question to 1608 336 It's also going to be down below. Uh, Thank you so much. If you if you followed all the way through to the whole, I think it was about two hours. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us this week on on the Dylan Experience. This has been an awesome chat. Uh, join us next week. I have no idea what we're talking about. Um, I think we might be we might be interviewing Clay, which will be awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, thank you very much, and we'll see you next thank week you. on the Dylan Experience. Thank you so much. Bye, guys.